scripture this morning is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 3. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. God bless the reading of and the hearing of his word. Good morning. How many of you have your Christmas tree up? A couple of you? Okay. How many are putting them up today? No? No? There are some, some of my students have had them up since before Halloween. They said, Miss, want to see my tree? I'm like, it isn't even Halloween yet. My mother, when she was growing up, the tree never went up until after she went to bed on Christmas Eve. I don't know. Everybody has different traditions about their Christmas tree. But that's what I want to talk about today is Christmas trees. It's your Christmas tree? Or what was it doing in my attic? Anyway, in the uh, 1500s, there was a man named Martin Luther. Did you ever hear of him? Not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther. And um, he was a minister, probably an Anglican priest, um, Lutheran priest. I don't know, he was probably Lutheran because he was from Germany. And he was out walking in the woods. Maybe he was thinking about his sermon for Christmas Eve. Maybe he was thinking about one of the hymns he was writing. But as he was wandering, he noticed some things. First, it was getting dark. And second, he noticed as he was walking that there were some sounds in the woods because when you're in the woods, there are animals. And there are a whole lot of legends about what he may have thought because nobody actually wrote it down. But while he was walking, he noticed the stars coming out. And the, the snow was coming down. And he noticed the fir trees and the stars peeking through the fir trees. And he thought about those fir trees in the forest. Everything else was dead and brown, except the fir trees. And they were still green. And the light was shining through, and it looked like it was landing on the trees. And he thought about that, and several thoughts came to his mind. The first thing he thought about was the evergreen, the fact that the tree was still green, even when all hope of the rest of the trees getting green at the moment was gone. And so he thought about the fact that God is always there. God is always with us, through to the end. And he also thought of Jesus and the fact that Jesus gives us eternal life. With him, we're always going to stay green. We're not going to die. And then he kind of looked at the shape of the tree, and he said, hmm, 
kind of looks like a triangle. Yeah, kind of. And that reminded him of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Hmm. Okay. And the stars reminded him of the night that Jesus was born. Maybe the stars were guiding him home. The stars that Jesus left, he came down from heaven to be a baby, to grow up and to be a man here on earth. He left those stars, but he didn't leave his light there. He brought the light with him. And Jesus is the light. And so when we look at our Christmas trees, we can remember several things. We can remember that Jesus came to earth and brought light, that there are stars in the sky that help guide us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the evergreen, the everlasting life that we have because Jesus came to earth and left those stars in heaven. But he came down to be a human with us. So when you look at your Christmas tree, remember that. Now, we have a small tradition at our house, um, and I didn't bring it with me because I haven't dug it all out yet, but on our Christmas tree, we hang a nail, a big spike, about this big. And we hang it there to remind us that Jesus didn't come for just fun. He didn't come just to be a man just because he thought it would be cool. He came with a reason. He came to die. And so we hang a, a nail on our tree to remind us that that sweet, innocent baby that grew up to be a wonderful man came to die so that we could be evergreen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you that Jesus came, sacrificed himself, but he is the light, and the light never goes out. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for evergreen trees that remind us of the eternal life that we have through Jesus and the eternal truth that we have through you, God, because you are eternal. We thank you for the stars, and we thank you for triangles, and we thank you that you are three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So this Christmas season, as we put up our trees, as we look at trees that other people put up, as we share the good news, help us to remember your greatest gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I would like to ask everyone to use their imagination, to put on their imagination hats today, um, because we're going to take a journey back into the enchanted land known as Narnia. Um, so we will need to recapture the sense of wonder that, and each of us will need to find our inner child. So kind of try to do that with me. If you're comfortable doing so, I would encourage everyone to close their eyes as we begin this adventure. You don't have to, but if you want to. And I'd like you to imagine you are a child, or at least a child at heart. And we've all begun to play a game of hide and go seek. And we're playing inside because it's raining in sheets outside. You quickly enter a room, and at first glance, the room appears empty. But then you notice a rather unremarkable wardrobe in the corner of the room. 
you quickly move over to the wardrobe and you pull the doors open, and what you find inside is fur coats. Your first thought is that you can hide behind the furs. So you slip in among the furs and you feel them brushing against your cheeks. As you push to the back of the wardrobe, you notice there's a second row of furs. And then when you expect to reach the back of the wardrobe, you find it keeps going. It's getting darker and darker the deeper you move into the wardrobe. You hear something cracking under your feet. Maybe it's mothballs. So you bend over to find out what it is, and you're amazed that the floor of the wardrobe is not smooth wood. What you find is something very powdery and cold, snow. You immediately return to your feet and find that you are no longer running into fur coats, but that you are brushing against trees. You are just about to turn around when you notice a light up in the distance. You are intrigued and you continue on the path. You are cold and your feet are a little wet and you wish you had put on one of those fur coats that you had been brushing through. After about 10 minutes, you arrive at the light source, a lamppost in the middle of a snow-covered forest. It casts its light around in a circle and dispels all the darkness that surrounds it. What a strange place for there to be a lamppost. You've just traced the steps of Lucy, the first child to enter the land of Narnia. Okay, our lamppost has I hope it stays. <laughs> um, my hope and prayer for us is that we, like so many readers over the last 60 or so years, will be able to find God in the pages of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe for the sole reason of experiencing here and now in our lives. So this morning I want us to pause and to focus on the first scene in the land of Narnia, that of winter and the lamppost. If you haven't read the books, I have them. You're more than welcome to borrow them. They're a quick and easy read, and I'm willing to share because they are awesome. I read them as a kid, and I thought they were okay. I reread them this summer, and I realized they were more than okay. They are incredible. So I encourage you as an adult to rediscover the Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. So this morning, as we journey into the land of Narnia, we are beginning a journey of our own through the season known as Advent. A walk toward Christmas, where there are two things in mind. With these two things in mind, I want us to look at the passage of scripture 
that we read this morning from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 1 to 3, starting really at verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. That's the key verse for today. The people of Judah, to whom Isaiah was writing, lived in a time of very long winter. When he wrote to the people, they were walking in gloom. They were walking in darkness. They were a people that had seen the destruction of the northern kingdom, Israel. They had inept leadership, and they saw the looming destruction of their own kingdom. The desire of the heart of the people, according to Isaiah, was that a king in the mold of David, the shepherd king, would arise and save them. These people were looking for hope. They were looking for a future. They were looking for a Messiah. In much the same way, the world of Narnia was a world that was dominated by darkness and evil. The entire country was under the spell of the White Witch, and her spell was quite simple. It would always be winter, but never Christmas. Here, we here in Massachusetts have some understanding of what that means. Sometimes we hope that we could have just a little bit of snow to go with our winter cold. And sometimes when we get one good snow, we think that we've had a hard winter. But there are people around the world that long for winter to end. They long to see the sun, to experience spring, to feel refreshment, renewal, rebirth, new beginnings. And that was the desire of the creatures of Narnia. We may not understand winter like some people do, but there is no doubt that we can understand darkness. We live in a world that has, is many times characterized by darkness. This world is not held captive by the spell of a witch, but is held captive by sin. Sin entered the world and it stopped all hope of renewal and rebirth. That is the darkness of the world we live in. I would also imagine that there may be people here that feel like they have no hope people who are struggling to make it from day to day. If that's not you, then I would imagine that you probably have someone in your family or a close friend that understands exactly what the people of Judah and the people of Narnia felt. Christmas is such a busy time. It's for some people, it's just another day to add stress to your life. Gifts, parties, cards, eating, time, time time that you don't have. The commercialization of Christmas has in very real ways Good morning. <laughs> um, I would like to ask everyone to use their imagination, put on their imagination hats today, um, because we're going to take a journey back into the enchanted land known as Narnia. So we will need to recapture the sense of wonder that, and each of us will need to find our inner child. So kind of try to do that with me. If you're comfortable doing so, I would encourage everyone to close their eyes as we begin this adventure. You don't have to, but if you want to. 
And I'd like you to imagine you are a child, or at least a child at heart, and we've all begun to play a game of hide-and-go-seek. And we're playing inside because it's raining in sheets outside. You quickly enter a room, and at first glance, the room appears empty. But then you notice a rather unremarkable wardrobe in the corner of the room. You quickly move over to the wardrobe and you pull the doors open. What you find inside is fur coats. Your first thought is that you can hide behind the furs. So you slip in among the furs and you feel them brushing against your cheeks. As you push to the back of the wardrobe, you notice there's a second row of furs. And then when you expect to reach the back of the wardrobe, you find it keeps going. It's getting darker and darker the deeper you move into the wardrobe. You hear something cracking under your feet. Maybe it's mothballs. So you bend over to find out what it is, and you're amazed that the floor of the wardrobe is not smooth wood. What you find is something very powdery and cold, snow. You immediately return to your feet and find that you are no longer running into fur coats, but that you are brushing against trees. You are just about to turn around when you notice a light up in the distance. You are intrigued, and you continue on the path. You are cold, and your feet are a little wet, and you wish you had put on one of those fur coats that you had been brushing through. After about 10 minutes, you arrive at the light source, a lamppost in the middle of a snow-covered forest. It casts its light around in a circle and dispels all the darkness that surrounds it. What a strange place for there to be a lamppost. You've just traced the steps of Lucy, the first child to enter the land of Narnia. Okay, our lamppost I hope it stays. <laughs> um, my hope and prayer for us is that we, like so many readers over the last 60 or so years, will be able to find God in the pages of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe for the sole reason of experiencing here and now in our lives. So this morning I want us to pause and to focus on the first scene in the land of Narnia, that of winter and the lamppost. If you haven't read the books, I have them. You're more than welcome to borrow them. They're a quick and easy read, and I'm willing to share because they are awesome. I read them as a kid, and I thought they were okay. I reread them this summer, and I realized they were more than okay. They are incredible. 
So I encourage you as an adult to rediscover the Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. So this morning, as we journey into the land of Narnia, we are beginning a journey of our own through the season known as Advent. A walk toward Christmas, where there are two things in mind. With these two things in mind, I want us to look at the passage of scripture that we read this morning from the book of Isaiah, chapter nine, verses one to three, starting really at verse two. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. That's the key verse for today. The people of Judah, to whom Isaiah was writing, lived in a time of very long winter. When he wrote to the people, they were walking in gloom. They were walking in darkness. They were a people that had seen the destruction of the Northern Kingdom, Israel. They had inept leadership and they saw the looming destruction of their own kingdom. The desire of the heart of the people, according to Isaiah, was that a king in the mold of David, the shepherd king, would arise and save them. These people were looking for hope. They were looking for a future. They were looking for a Messiah. In much the same way, the world of Narnia was a world that was dominated by darkness and evil. The entire country was under the spell of the white witch and her spell was quite simple. It would always be winter, but never Christmas. Here, we here in Massachusetts have some understanding of what that means. Sometimes we hope that we could have just a little bit of snow to go with our winter cold. And sometimes when we get one good snow, we think that we've had a hard winter. But there are people around the world that long for winter to end. They long to see the sun, to experience spring, to feel refreshment, renewal, rebirth, new beginnings. And that was the desire of the creatures of Narnia. We may not understand winter like some people do, but there is no doubt that we can understand darkness. We live in a world that has, is many times characterized by darkness. This world is not held captive by the spell of a witch, but is held captive by sin. Sin entered the world and it stopped all hope of renewal and rebirth. That is the darkness of the world we live in. I would also imagine that there may be people here that feel like they have no hope. People who are struggling to make it from day to day. If that's not you, then I would imagine that you probably have someone in your family or a close friend that understands exactly what the people of Judah and the people of Narnia felt. Christmas is such a busy time. It's for some people, it's just another day to add stress to your life. Gifts, parties, cards, eating, time, time, time that you don't have. The commercialization of Christmas has in very real ways robbed us of Christmas and left our world in a state of winter, but never Christmas. Isaiah wrote to the people living under those conditions and he brings us a great hope 
he shows us a light in the middle of winter. He says, the people who were in darkness have seen a great light. They have experienced the dawning of a new light. The chapter goes on to talk about the coming of a new king, a Messiah. And Jesus himself takes this passage and applies it to himself in Matthew chapter 4. The light has dawned, but not truly been experienced until the coming of Christ. But at least the hope was found. As the lamppost was approached in Narnia, we can hope we can find we can be hope can be found and experienced. The darkness of the woods and the winter was expelled because of the light of the lamppost. In my understanding, the lamppost becomes very significant. It becomes a beacon of hope, a picture of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus tells us in the book of John that he is the light of the world. The world that Jesus entered into on that first Christmas night was one that was characterized by darkness. The world that was lost and their only hope would be found in him. The lamppost shows us that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. The lamppost reminds us that only a miracle could bring light into the world of winter. The lamppost reminds us that the dark moments will pass, that there is hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the conviction of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. Our faith and our hope are found in the lamppost, in the person of Jesus Christ. At the lamppost, we are called to embrace the God of new possibilities, the God who can bring light into our darkness. In Advent, we wait expectantly for the hope, the joy, and the promise of Christmas. And we also wait for the glorious return of Jesus Christ in his second coming. Like the people in Isaiah's time, we long for the Messiah. Unlike them, however, we know the rest of the story. We know that he will be a baby that is born in a manger. And he will leave that manger and walk the path to the cross. And he will be resurrected on the third day. And he will come again in glory to take his church to be with him. And he will forever destroy winter and darkness. We understand that our God is a God of new possibilities. In the land of Narnia, Lucy finds all sorts of new possibilities. The wardrobe and the lamppost are such fitting symbols for entering an adventure, a new life. Lucy stumbled in accidentally, but so do many other people who find that they discover Christ in places they would not expect. They, like Lucy, may be searching for an escape from boredom or from other problems, but they are at least searching for a change of some kind. I encourage you this Advent season to look for the God that brings light into the darkness, to come and see how God wants to use you. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. In the light of the lamppost, we can see all the great possibilities God has for us. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, dear Lord, light of the world, we thank you that you have come
to bring light into this dark world. Bring light into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.